I live in a part of the country that was once a shallow sea for hundreds of millions of years. The marine organisms accumulated at the bottom of this sea after they died, and their calcium carbonate shells and plates are all that remains of them. This calcium carbonate was compressed to form limestone, and we now have a landscape filled with limestone escarpments, canyons, and creek beds. And everywhere you look, you can find fossils. You may see a mashup of gastropod shells embedded in the limestone walls as you enter a restaurant, or a nice-sized ammonite fossil lying at your feet as you stroll along the lakeshore. You'll find the dislocated disks of crinoid stems in the gravel under your lawn chair as you cheer on your child's softball game. I suppose you could say that the past is all around us in these parts. But it's more than just that. In actual fact, we are walking and living in a limestone cemetery. And when you walk through any cemetery, you can be transported to another day and another place, to a lost community from long ago. It may have been a community of worms and snails and crinoids, but it was a living community nonetheless. I get fairly up close and personal with my limestone. I incorporate lots of limestone blocks in my garden, since that's the local stone used for landscaping. The blocks give structure to an otherwise free-flowing chaos of flowers growing wild and free in my yard. As I cart these blocks in my wheelbarrow and set them in place on top of the other blocks, I often see the fossilized burrows of creatures that lived 90 million years ago. Unlike the easily identifiable remains of shells, it seems that people don't know what kind of organism left these traces and made these burrows. But these creatures had their little lives, ate their little meals each day, made their little burrows. And why were these burrows made? Were they the home and safe retreat of families and communities of organisms? Or do they only represent the wanderings of one individual on a lovely day way back in the Cretaceous period, whose burrow was covered with silt over many years, destined to become fossilized? In any case, this was clearly a busy community. Yes, I know these creatures probably weren't all that intelligent, but how different are we from these organisms? They probably had needs and drives similar to our own as we go through our own busy little days. And will I have as much of a memorial to me 90 million years from now? Will anyone even think about me? Well, I think about my long-lost wandering friends. I'm rather fond of these little burrows and the communities that they represent. There are lots of fossils on the shore of the lake down the road from my house. One of the most poignant portraits of a lost community was imprinted on a limestone rock I found there. The rock was flat and about the size of a dinner plate. It was jammed with fossils of cephalopods, that is, shelled squid-like creatures related to the modern nautilus, whose large shell you might see displayed at a museum cut in half to reveal the many gas-filled flotation chambers lined with opalescent mother of pearl. A beautiful sight. The cephalopods in this stone all appeared to be the same species, each about the size of a quarter. I wondered what caused them to all die together. Were they young cephalopods that got caught in an underwater landslide? Or did the chemistry of the ocean suddenly change due to a volcanic eruption, leading to a local extinction? Whatever the case, they lived and died together as a community. And it seems like lots of these creatures lived in these sorts of single-species communities, 
a common large fossil we find out here, is called an Oceramus. It was a very large clam that lived in the mud at the bottom of the ancient ocean. The fossils I found, just down the street, were about the size of a cereal bowl, with deep ridges parallel to the rim of the shell. There was an abundance of them at that site. I see smaller Anoceramus shells in many of the limestone rocks in the hills near our house. We also have a superabundance of oyster shells. The gravel in these parts almost always has lots of these oyster fossils. And some rocks are just a hardened hash of oyster shells. You also find a lot of crinoid stems and pieces of coral in the gravel. And on a very lucky road trip, our family dug up hordes of sea urchins the size of pincushions and snails the size of a fist at a road cut by the highway. So we truly live in a limestone cemetery. But these are more than just a bunch of fossils. Each of these is a portrait, a remembrance of a vibrant community. Our Homo sapiens communities have been on this earth for only one million years. But these communities are 90 times older than that. Life on Earth has been going on for a very long time. So much life, so many communities. But now, these communities are gone. When I look at a fossil clam, I realize not just the clam, but its entire species is gone. Not just the species, but also all the species they interacted with are gone. The predators they avoided, the parasites that infested them, the competitors they jostled with, the creatures they fed on, all gone. But this is the fate of communities. Communities bond us together and reinforce us. They give us advantages and meaning, purpose and business. Whether we bond together as families or as volunteers cleaning out the park every month or as friends with whom we go fishing or play softball every week, it's all something we long for. These wonderful connections give us hope and meaning. People even define their generations as different from other generations so that they can be bound together. Songs unite us. School colors inspire us. Various social causes call us to stand together. We can overcome if we stand together. When we belong to a community, we feel comforted. Things are going to be okay somehow. We'll make it through together. And yet, we all die, just like our little burrowing friends. And human communities die, just like these communities whose imprint is in the limestone. There comes a point when no one is left to remember that community. There are lots of graveyards on the prairie where I live. These all represent forgotten pioneer communities. Some spoke German, some Norwegian, some Czechoslovakian. But no one speaks those languages there anymore. Few remember that community's hopes and dreams and beliefs. I suppose you could say that the end was the same, whether we are looking at a single fossil or a solid hash of oyster shells. All are stilled, whether woven together or all alone. There's a wonderful song about community and remembrance which I heard performed by Ruben Blades, a composer, band leader, actor, and poet from Panama. His grandfather was from the West Indies, so he has an English name, Blades, B-L-A-D-E-S. But in Spanish, it comes out Blades. This song was originally written by César Miró as a remembrance of his native Peru, 
when he was living in economic exile in Mexico. So many years had passed while away from Peru that he realizes that the community he knew no longer existed. He speaks of his longing for a community now unobtainable, a past he could no longer return to. I think this speaks to all of us about memories of our past. The song is called Todos Vuelven, or I'll Return. My translation from Spanish is as follows. So if I've messed up and you know the song well, please don't be too upset. Here it is. I'll return to the place that birthed them, to the uncomparable charm of its sun. I'll return to the familiar streets that they once left, where perhaps more than one love once flourished. Under the lonely tree of the past, how many times have we dreamed? I'll return to the root of their remembrance, but those times that they loved do not return. The air that brings in its hands the flower of the past and the aroma of yesterday, it tells us very quietly its song was learned from the sunset. It tells us, with a voice mysterious, of thistle and rose, of honey and moon. How sacred is the love of our land, and how sad is the present absence of yesterday. All return to the colors of their neighborhood. All return to the games of dominoes. All return to the voices of their friends. All return to the remembrances of their mother. All return to the images of their father. All return to the flower of their past. In response to the declaration that all return to the flower of their past, the song's deepest answer is, but those times that they loved do not return. We may return to those times in our memories, but the times themselves return no more. This is the deep message that the limestone fossils teach us. Individuals, and even communities, live for a brief time and then disappear never to return. Life and death move only in one direction. <laughs> 